Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Tuesday, December the 14th, and wherever you are, whenever you listen to this, my friends, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's joy and beauty today. We are going to continue through Matthew's Gospel, and once again, this Advent is making a liar out of me. Uh, We are going to take a look at uh, the verses immediately following the ones we did yesterday. So yesterday, we were in chapter 21, verses 23 to 27, and uh, Jesus was uh, speaking at that point, challenging, remember, the elders of the people. He had uh, overturned the the tables, and uh, they were talking to him about uh, John the Baptist. Well, they were saying, by what authority do you do this? And Jesus gave them the question and said, hey, by whose authority did John do it? And, of course, quieted them. So today's reading, which will be Matthew 21, Verses 28 to 32 will follow immediately behind that. Okay? So let's uh, pick up and break open God's Word together. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son said in reply, I will not. But afterwards, he changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and and gave the same order. He said in reply, yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered, the first. Jesus said to them, amen, I say to you, Tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him. But tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is such a good gospel, Uh, but it's a tough one. It's a tough one, and and we're going to get into that. And it's a tough one for, well, me. Uh, I think it's a tough one for all of us. It's a tough one for the human condition. But let's do nerdy stuff first. Why? Because I'm kind of a nerd. And, uh, okay, so Matthew's gospel, right? And we've talked before on this pod about uh, scholarship, general scholarship believes Mark's gospel was the first written. And Matthew and Luke probably wrote theirs about 15 years-ish later, um, around the year 80-ish AD, and they would have used Mark's gospel as a template for their own. But they also had different sources. That uh, they shared a source that Mark, or excuse me, that Mark did not have, but Matthew and Luke had, which they call, these scholars call the Q source, that they took stories that are in both Matthew's and Luke's gospel, but that aren't in in Mark's, and so they think there must have been a common source from which they used those stories. And then they also think that Matthew had his own source because there's some stories in Matthew that aren't in Mark or Luke, and then, of course, Luke the same. Luke, like, with the uh, 
Good Samaritan or something that's not in anybody else's. Uh, where did that come from? Or the good thief on the cross, where did that come from? So anyway, why am I telling you this uh, nerdy thing? Because the one line in here, right? It's, it's like the first line, practically. Jesus says, what is your opinion? And then he says the line, a man had two sons. If I just stopped it right there, what do you think we're going, right? I think we're going to the prodigal son because that's the beginning of that parable. Where's that parable found? In Luke and only in Luke. So, nerdy point that it took me like eight minutes to get to. I wonder if this story was in the Q source because they both use it, but use it in different ways. Luke, because again, Luke is the most prolific writer this side of Paul in the whole New Testament, makes this gorgeous story out of it. A man had two sons, and he's going to have one go off to the, you know, the, the far reaches and, and, and squander money and come back you know, with his tail between his legs after feeding pigs, and the other stays with and, and does all the right stuff. Uh, but yet his heart is in a very different place and, and both are invited into the banquet, but only one comes in and we don't know if the second does. Makes it this gorgeous story. Matthew, being who Matthew is, we're just going to put it right out there on the table for you. Both making a very similar point and both starting with the same line. So Nerdy Zank wonders, huh, wonder if this was in the Q source. If I'm, if gun to my head, have, I'm in Vegas and I have to put money on one or the other, I'd say, yeah, I'd say, yeah. And they took it in different directions. A man had two sons. He, so this is Matthew now. We're going back to tonight. Okay, nerdy diatribe off. He came to the first and said, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son said, I won't. No way, not going to do it. But afterward, he changed his mind and went. There's the key. It's going to be the key. Why? Because we're going to, we're going to hear it again. Went to the second son, gave the same order. Yes, sir, but he did not go. Which did the father's will? Well, the first, right? And then he says, listen, you know, uh, these tax collectors, sinners, everybody, you remember that John who we were just talking about a little bit ago in yesterday's gospel? Oh yeah, going to bring him up again. Uh, they went and they believed him. But the others, you, meaning you, scribes, elders, chief priests, people I'm talking to, when you saw it, you did not later change your minds and believe in him. So the whole point, well, I won't say the whole point. I, 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 the gospel is always bigger than, than, than I certainly know. The point, I guess, that I, I'm focusing on and that speaks to me today is this story is about changing our minds. You know this. You know this because I've said it before and you've heard it from other people besides me. The first words Jesus says in Mark's gospel, repent, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And repent we often take it today to mean ask forgiveness. You know, um, go to confession and, uh, and, uh, and just, you know, uh, ask God to forgive those sins or whatever. That's repentance. 
uh, a penitent person. I think of Indiana Jones here. A penitent man, a penitent man, a penitent man is on his knees. A penitent man kneels before God, and then he doesn't get his head chopped off. If you don't know the reference, ah, I feel bad for that. Way too good of a movie to miss. But repentance is far more than that. Repentance ultimately means to change one's mind, to turn around, to, to, to in, in, totally think differently, right? Right? That's what we're talking about here. And, and that's what our God is inviting us to. He had two sons, and the one said, nope, not going. But what did he do? He rethought the proposition, and he went. The other said, yep, I'm going to go. Don't know if he ever had the idea of going or not. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. And maybe he went and repented the wrong way and turned around. But I suspect he didn't. I suspect it was just words. But the point, again, one of the points, forgive me, that Jesus is saying here is, do your words and your actions line up? And if they don't, and you know what? Sometimes they don't for us because that's who we are. If they don't, let's be women and men of great courage and great self-awareness to be able to say, but I need them to match up and, and to turn around from what I'm doing. I need to be able to, to walk the talk, as, it's a, as, a, as it were. Brothers and sisters, you know what? This Advent gives us a time. It invites us to prepare. You know, that, that whole idea, that, that gestation period, that, that we have nine months as parents to prepare for these children, not only to, to get the nursery ready, right, and to buy the, the car carrier, and, uh, and, and build the crib. Those are good things. But to prepare ourselves to be the parent that this child needs. How do I, how do I live differently in order to bring this child well into the world? That's what we're talking about here, brothers and sisters. God, if you and I, if you and I feel like we've got it understood. We know what's happening. Um, and you know what? I'm, I'm 60 years old, and, and I feel like I've, I've heard these stories so many times, and I know who Jesus is, and I feel like I know who God is. we got to blow that up. we got to blow that up. Not that, not that those things are wrong, but God is always bigger. God is always bigger, and I think that's what he's inviting us to prepare for in this Advent to say, how can we expand the boxes that we've placed God in? Because we need to. You know, the tax collectors and the prostitutes, they were able to do that because they knew they didn't what they didn't know. They knew they needed something larger than what they have. And the scribes, the Pharisees, the elders, they thought they had it. Well, you tell me. Who were the only people in all the Gospels that Jesus gave the hard time to? Was it, was it the, the people on the fringe? Was it the, the people who were the sinners? 
he wasn't welcoming them just to say, hey, you can be as you are, you know, I just, whatever. In his love, he was inviting them to someplace new. He was, he was inviting them to see what this life could be. And they saw what they lacked and they said, yes, I want that. I want more. And to do that, they needed to change their mind. But the scribes and the Pharisees felt they didn't. And because of that, Jesus, he railed against them. Not because they were bad people, but because they thought they had God figured out. Brothers and sisters, we have a week and a half left. How can we say, Lord, and, and I mean this to me, trust me, you are bigger, you are bigger than my understanding of you. You are bigger than my imagination. You are bigger than my creativity. Enter into those spaces and give me the courage to say yes to where they lead. Even if, brothers and sisters, uh, it's in places that may, mm, how do I say this, that may not necessarily uh, bring praise from others. As a good segue there, today we celebrate the Feast of St. John of the Cross. And again, all these saints, brothers and sisters, they deserve and far more than I'm giving them. I, I mean, how, do you, how does one sum up John of the Cross in, in two minutes? He is a doctor of the church. He lived to be 49 years old and passed away. Um, he was born in Spain in 17th century. And again, what a time in the midst of the Reformation and Counter-Reformation. And he and Teresa of Avila were, were best friends, and I think unbelievable that the world had those two come together. How good is God uh, that they could feed off each other and nurture this? Now, both were Carmelites. Um, in Spain, uh, John of the Cross ordained it at the age of 25. And what, again, don't know if it was Teresa rubbing off on John or John on Teresa, but they both were uh, people of reform and they both paid the price. Uh, and John uh, wanted, wanted, I mean, he felt a need to live up to his name, John of the Cross. And so to do that and to live like like Christ did, I mean, he took that that very seriously, that whole idea that if you are going to save your life, you must lose it. That, that idea of the cross, brothers and sisters, which, wow, I mean, John of the Cross invites us on the same journey, right? The, the Paschal mystery, we talked about it yesterday, the life, death, and resurrection. We only get to resurrection through death. John of the Cross took that seriously. And in his reform, he met serious opposition in the church, even to the point where he was not only um, uh, tortured, he was put in prison. And, uh, and it was there in prison, in this darkness, where he was able to um, write his greatest poetry. He was a mystic. Now, when I say a mystic, it means somebody who had that relationship and connection with God in a, in a, in a very experiential way um, and, uh, and communed with God in a very real way. And he wrote poetry. He was a mystic and a poet. And he wrote poetry. He wrote prose such as The Ascent of Mount Carmel and Dark Night of the Soul. And those come out of that space of that death, of, of the cross, 
And so he was able then, in the midst of that, to write about what the other side of the Paschal Mystery Resurrection, what that ascent looks like, but what it also goes through. Uh, one of the, what, 35-ish doctors of the church, along with his best friend, Teresa of Avila. Huh. Amazing, amazing. And as I said, died at the age of 49. So let's pray, brothers and sisters. Let's pray that we can have the courage of John of the Cross. We can have the courage of the first son in the parable that we know we need to die, literally to die to some of the ways we live, we think, we move, we, we have our being in this world, uh, to, to relationships, to, to things I say, the things I desire, whatever it is, that we literally, that you and I need to die to these in order that we may go through death to resurrection and new life. Let's pray. We continue through the uh, glorious mysteries, brothers and sisters. And we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The second glorious mystery, Jesus ascends. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. St. John of the Cross, pray for us. 
My friends, have a wonderful Tuesday. I wish you God's blessing this day. And of course, God's peace.